I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I hope you are all doing well. I feel like maybe I need to change that. Maybe it shouldn't be Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Maybe we need to switch to live stream, Liam. But uh, my, my garbled <laughs> intro, how are you doing today? Not bad, thank you. Um, had a week off last week, so come back revitalised. Saw a couple of family members down in Norwich with my girlfriend, um, and then carved some pumpkins. I don't know whether you saw on Twitter. I hope you did. I wanted a Jets logo out of you, but <laughs> you shaking your head says everything that I need to know. Um, but yeah, hang, how, on, how hang is... on, hang on. Before you start throwing shade. Carving a G in a pumpkin is a little bit easier than t- carving in NYGets. Nah. Like that's nah, nothing. No, nah, my I reckon I reckon we're a year away from carving pumpkins with my little one. I'm not I'm not sure I fully trust him with, uh, with anything <laughs> sharp quite yet. So uh, maybe next year we can talk about it. Um, but yeah, so obviously delighted to uh, once again remind you that the uh, support for the Five Yard Dynasty podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, who are the best in men's below the waist grooming. Uh, we've still got that exclusive offer for you with 20% off and um, free worldwide shipping if you use the f- code 5YARD. Um, it is the lawnmower 4.0. Uh, 
Uh, there's three different blade lengths, skin safe technology uh, that helps protect those uh, those vital family jewels um, and basically gives you the uh, the confidence that, uh, let's be honest, is very critical in, uh, in a very critical area. Um, Liam, I was chatting with the guys in, in my Patreon uh, this week. A couple of the guys were asking about the cocktail of the week. They were saying they're a little bit disappointed that you've not been drinking them the last few weeks. So... Uh, so have you got a cocktail of the week and, and have you got it made for us? I have. So if you are watching on the live stream or re-watching on the live stream, you'll have seen that I've taken a couple of six. Yes, it is pink rich. Another Come on, let's pink. let's see the let's see the shade. Come on. Do you know what let's I'm gonna it. get you for Christmas a cocktail book that includes cocktails that aren't pink? Because I mean, there's, there's plenty of tasty. there's plenty of nice colours out there. That, yeah, oh, pink is tasty. You've got stuff like raspberry and strawberry. You could just make a whole list full of it. You don't need to don't need to throw shade at the pink. Okay. Anyway, listeners want to know what before you dive in. I've got a very ex- exception exceptional, very exciting um, contest to reveal. Um, the DFS guys have got another free to enter contest with fan team. Um, you can uh, listen to the podcast, watch the live stream, or they will send a tweet out on later in the week that will have a password to enter a five yard only contest on fan team is 300 pound prize pop. Um, you can have max two entries. And uh, and that will all go live on Thursday. So if you're not, make sure you check out the uh, the DFS pod. I have to say, I've been resistant to the world of DFS and daily fantasy for like 15 years. I've tried to avoid it. Um, Nick and uh, and Mark have finally pulled me in uh, last week. I went I went live with my first DFS contest. Um, and I'm completely hooked. I've, uh, luckily, I think I'm on a ridiculous winning run at the moment, <laughs> which I'm, I'm putting down to beginner's luck. I've, I've won every single contest I've entered so far, so I'm fully expecting to uh, go on a horrific run and spunk everything up the wall. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it it's great fun. I love the fan team site. I love the way it works. The app is incredible. Um, so by all means, go and check it out if you haven't already. I interrupted Liam. You were going to talk about some high scores. Yes. I was going to say, if you tune into the Dynasty podcast, do you want to hear about DFS or do you want to hear about my cocktail of the week? Come on. I, I, well, cocktail, of the week's, cocktail of the week's done now, so that's it, people. Switch off. <laughs> All jokes aside, definitely go check out the DFS um, pod and the contest that they run. Um, I didn't take part last week, but I will be this week. Sure. And we, we have a little competition between ourselves uh, with a season-long DFS league. Um, that I don't think I'm doing horrendously, but I need to pay more attention to it because I'm not doing my uh, in-season transfers. I thought you were going to say it was a contest between the two of us because I'm not sure that's uh, that's much of a contest at the moment, is it? No, it, no, it's not. You're doing really well because you're actually doing your transfers, and I'm just. <laughs> I think I messed up. Um, was it week seven and left Ridley and Jefferson in my lineup, and that did not go too well. Yeah, no, I don't. So. Finally, cocktail of the week, unless Rich is going to interrupt me once again. No. I think, as we've already said. Um, so everyone loves sweets, right? I'm assuming you do as well. We've got a little bit of a sweet tooth. Massively. So I decided to go on the sweet theme, and we've got love hearts. Um, 
cocktail. So it is two thirds Smirnoff ice and one third cherry aid. That is it. Rich, it is amazing and it actually tastes so much like a love heart. I thought it was going to be extremely difficult to make. And then when I found out that it was just that perfect. I, I can't stand cherry. So, um, <sighs> yeah, but you like cool. love hearts, right? Yeah, but I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe you'll, maybe I'll. It, it feels, it feels like a drink that you drink at, you know, age fifteen at a house party. To be honest, I'm not sure. It's uh, yeah, it's I agree with the, you. The suave cocktail that you've you've had the past few weeks. Yes, it's not a Cosmo Manhattan or anything along those lines. But trust me, if you just need a little sweeter taste, then go for it. It actually tastes really nice. And I've got one lined up for next week as well that I might be following the same theme give you give your patrons or something else to think about i look i look forward to it. anyway high scores of the week this is where everyone tunes out now so high scorers we've got at quarterback position josh allen new jets franchise quarterback mike white and jimmy garoppolo who was meant to be being replaced Top three high scorers at the quarterback position, Rich. I know that you are dying to talk about <laughs> one of them, and I wonder which one it's going to be. Look, look, it, Mike White was was truly ridiculous. Okay, I'm, you you said I was unbearable on Sunday after the Jets win. That's my response was slightly. They don't, they don't happen very often, so I've got to get it in when they when I do. But it was honestly, I've never really seen a performance like it. It was. At no point did he try and throw downfield. At no point did he try and do anything other than check down to his running backs and throw underneath passes to his slot receivers. And at no point did the Bengals really try and adjust. It was the most ridiculous like defensive game plan from what I thought was a competent defense. And they, you know, showed some flashes of being really good. It was it was just ridiculous. Um it'll be very interesting. The Colts run a very similar defense with that sort of very too high heavy approach and I wonder whether you know they will adjust and, and try and ask Mike White to throw a little bit further than 10 yards down the field this week yeah so I have no idea I, I haven't watched the Jets game unfortunately probably letting you down a little bit there mate <laughs> but you were feeling yourself we'll put it that way on um on group chat in the five yard group chat and um, so over to the running back position here we go again with Rich feeling himself. <laughs> Michael Carter running back one on the week. Then you also had Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler to round out the top three there. Rich, I wonder which one you want to jump in on again. <laughs> Look, it, this this is less about the Jets and more about the fact that we talked him up on last week's podcast. You know, we we sat here and we said this backfield is Michael Carter's now. We're going to hopefully see a, a decent stretch from him. I didn't quite expect it to come as quickly and as uh, as big as it did last week. Um, but look, when, you know, I think it was 18 targets to running backs that Mike White had, that's that's completely unsustainable. Michael Carter's had 23 targets across the two-week span. That's completely unsustainable. Um, but, you know, if he's going to get 60 70% of the work, you know, a 10 to 15% target share, if he can get five or six targets a week, He's going to be a you know a solid RB two that's going to have some flash weeks, and I think that as this offense improves, and I do think it will improve over the next you know six to twenty four months, quite frankly, um, 
then I think Michael Carr is going to be a, an ascending asset. I, I wouldn't go buying him right now. I think his price has absolutely skyrocketed, and I think I've, I've seen some ludicrous prices quoted in leagues. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be sitting off him until he has a horrific performance on Thursday against the Colts, and then, then maybe you can go buy him. I have no idea what those prices could be because I haven't seen anyone even talk about Michael Carter. I think everyone's too scared to even inquire. Yeah, I think I've I've seen mid mid first plus quoted as as Arsenal products, which yeah, that's yeah. I think anything more than a late first is too rich for me, quite frankly. Yeah, quite that is pretty much where I'm at with him at the moment. The one thing I will say is Ty Johnson also scored a touchdown. Um so it's not like it was just Michael Carter, but they were from what I saw on the box score, they were still great assets to have this week. I think it's it's going to be, a, you know, a, a 60-40, 70-30 split. You know, Michael Carter's never going to be the type of back that's going to, we're going to see with a, you know, a 90-95% opportunity share. He's just not that build. He's not the type that can handle that. So you need to accept that there's going to be a, you know, 1B back in whatever offence he is in. Right. Let's start talking about the Jets now. You've had your time. <laughs> After last week's part of me ripping you and the Jets, you, you showed me what I need to stop doing. So let, let's just move on. Wide receiver position. We've got AJ Brown having a great week. Michael Pittman um, after T.Y. Hilton went out with a concussion pretty early on. And Chris Godwin. I mean, is there anything you want to pick out there? I know that Pittman came on pretty late on. Um, with a or came out pretty early with a um, Hilton concussion. So, do you see that being sustainable at all? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week, didn't we? We talked about Michael Pittman being a, a riser and and being the number one in this Colts offense. And you saw it; they were getting him the ball early and often. He had, I think, he had two touchdowns in. I think it was the first quarter, or if not the first quarter, early in the second. He was very early to get those you. points on the board. Um, Look, do it, do I think he's ever going to be a you know a, a wide receiver one for fantasy? No. Um, do I think he he could settle in as a nice solid kind of wide receiver two, wide receiver three, quite quite potentially? Um, I'm not really sure what the Colts are doing or where they're going. Um, you know, obviously they've spent a, a haul on Carson Wentz and he, he looks better than he did last year, certainly. And he's shown some flashes of being competent, but you saw on Sunday, he still has the ability to have maybe the most stupid play I think I've seen a quarterback this year <laughs> when he's got the, you know, a, trying to drive to, to win the game and you've got a screen set up in your own end zone rather than just throwing the ball away. He then tries to switch hands so he can oh, fend oh. off the sack and then loft it up with his left hand for a pick six it was honestly mind-blowing and he's got one or two of them a week and it's just until he stops that I don't think he's ever going to be a competent kind of quarterback long term yeah that that was just an awful play I saw it and I couldn't believe that that was actually what happened in an NFL game it's something that you'd kind of not be surprised to see in a high school game um but at the tight end position we had TJ Hawkinson Dan Arnold and Pat Frymuth with an absolutely great catch. Um, I don't know whether you saw it, Rich, but what an end zone grab by Pat Frymuth. It was very impressive. I watched it. I watched the, the that play about five times, and I still can't work out how he got his toes in. That was insane. Properly, properly impressive body control. 
Um, it's a really interesting top three tight ends. And it's, it, you know, it feels like we talk about this every week about, you know, whoever's in the top three, it's because Kelsey and Waller haven't been balling. It's, it seems it's almost three new people each week. But I, I'm good to see TJ Hawkinson producing. And I'm starting to hope that if if this is him over that knee injury that he's been kind of fighting over the last five or six weeks. Um, you see Dan Arnold, look, you know, they went out and traded for him. And he's, he's basically the number two wide receiver in terms of being a reliable target in that offense. Definitely. Um, and then Pat Frymuth, Look, he was kind of the forgotten tight end in this draft class. Everybody's hyping up Carl Pitts, but you know Eric Ebron's out injured. Carl Fr- Pat Frymuth running seventy percent of snaps already. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think there's a big question mark that's lingering over who's going to be that quarterback moving forward. But this could be a really exciting offense if this is. Put your fingers in your ears again, Liam. The, the landing spot that Aaron Rodgers ends up in. You know, it could be really exciting if we could get Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Frymuth, Najee Harris. You know, that is a a fantastic kind of core of skill position players. And, you know, if they could get a quarterback and an offensive line, this, this team could be an absolute beast. Yeah, I think with Pat, I was more expecting this to happen maybe year two and not this highly scoring um, yes, it's only one week, but I really thought that Ebron was going to be kind of what he was last year, um, not scoring very much, but was a, a, a decent fantasy asset and scored and, and had those targets. But Pat Primuth has just come in and absolutely stormed um, those snaps. The one thing I will say on the Titans' top scorers this week is it was a very low-scoring week for Titans in general. So just to give you a bit of um, sight on that, the Titan 1, which was Hawkinson this week, was the lowest Titan 1-scoring week this season. So every other week has had a Titan 1 that has scored more than 20 points. Hawkinson, I believe it was 18 PPR points, 19, somewhere in that range. So it's the first week without a, a 20 or above score at the tight end one position. Also this week, normally you see tight end scoring 13 points around the tight end 7, tight end 8 range. Um, there are weeks where the tight end 13, like in week 4, for example, scored 13 points. Or it could be the tight end six, for example. But this week, the tight end four scored 13 points. So that's a, a touchdown and a few catches here and there, and you could have been the tight end four. The the variance week to week is crazy, and I just wanted to point that out to say, even though these were the top scorers, there's a little bit of context as to why they were, because there was not much going on elsewhere. <laughs> Yeah, without without wanting to spend too much time talking about tight ends yet again, um, I would caveat that with saying there was no Darren Waller, there was no George Kittle, Travis Kelsey had a shocker. You know, you take those three out, and that's there was no Mark Andrews as well, who was obviously on a bye. Yeah. Um, you know, those those are probably the top four tight ends, and then you throw in the fact Carl Pitts had a shocker. That's that's basically your elite tight ends, isn't it? So that would be why I think that the points were much lower. Um, I still think it's a valuable position for fantasy, but we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> let's not get into this because we will spend 20 minutes on this section. So let's move over to the significant news before we start having an argument on tight ends. 
Derek Henry, probably the the worst fantasy news, I suppose. Um, I believe he's the running back one, maybe not in PPR, but in basically every, he's the, every other he's the running back one in, P, in PPR by that point. He's absolutely smashing it. There you go. He has a fracture in his right foot. He's just had surgery, apparently. It's gone well, um, but he is going to be out for the fantasy season. Um, maybe back for the playoffs in real football, but fancy season. If you got him in redraft, probably dropping him at this point. I love that. I love that phrase that the surgery has gone well. Like, when was the last time you heard a surgery for an NFL player that they came out and said it didn't go well? Surely, I, if surgery surgery didn't go well, it means they're back in trying to make it go well. Yeah, but I'm assuming it was uh, there was no complications. It went through no first time kind of thing. Yeah, I get it, but that makes me laugh every time I read it. I enjoy it. Yeah, no, um, definitely. I, I I think that they'd be stupid if they rushed Derek Henry back. You know, this is a guy that they're paying potentially another fifteen million next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes, if they make the playoffs, it would be great. But we've seen with these foot injuries, normally if if someone rushes back, it normally then means that they need a second surgery quite quickly after. So I think they'd be better off. You know waiting and seeing not rushing him back and, and going from there i appreciate that's easy for me to say you know my job's not on the line it's <laughs> not on the money but um but yeah I, I think you can pretty much rule him out from, from a fancy perspective this year um i think it's an interesting one from a dynasty perspective um i, t- I tweeted out in the week you know where where does he now fall um in terms of dynasty rank so i i dropped into my rb16 um, which for reference is behind the likes of Javante Williams, Joe Mix and Darrell Henderson, but ahead of the likes of David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Solaire. Um, I, I'm basically counting on Derek Henry if I'm rostering him now as he is on one year back next year. I can't see with his contract situation, they can get out of him after next year with you know the, the tread on the tyres coming back from this injury. I think you're basically looking at it and saying, He's a potential top five, six back for me in 2022, but that's all I'm getting out of him. You know, we talked about him being a must sell. What was that? Three, four weeks ago now, Liam. Um, I hope if you're listening, you did sell because uh, yeah, he's he's certainly created a few dynasty teams where uh, where they were having him as a, a high priced asset that's now worth an awful lot less. I think if you've got Derek Henry now, you can't sell. Uh, the price is going to be too low. Maybe you will find that one person that thinks that he's going to be or, or doesn't take this injury into account too much because they're building for the future. But I I think if you've got him exactly what you said, keep him for another year and probably use him as a one-year rental or sell him when he's scoring a lot of points next year, potentially like he is this season. But we'll see what he's like after that surgery and the injury because we know from other backs that regardless of what injury it is it doesn't mean that they're going to come back and be 100% what they yeah. were like the previous year and it's an interesting one because if you were a rebuild team you know or a middle of the pack team and you had Derek Henry what the hell were you doing because <laughs> if you're rebuilding you've got the RB1 you know, that should be telling you that the rest of your team is terrible and you should have already sold him. If you were a contender and you had Derek Henry, then, you know, yes, it's probably going to be a bitter pill to swallow, 
But if you really want to make a run this year, you probably need to try and pivot off him to go and get, you know, a Daryl Henderson or someone like that that doesn't have the value next year, potentially, with Cam Akers coming back, but will hopefully, you know, help you maintain that contender status this year. Um, I think it's an interesting kind of dilemma to face and, and it's not one that I'd like, but I think if you've got Derek Henry and you're a contender, you've probably still got to move him and just accept that, you know, it, it is going to be a huge price drop than what you could have got, but that's the price of holding on to running backs at, at this point of the year, isn't it? Definitely. And then staying with the Titan, uh, the Titans, we've also got Adrian Peterson being signed or he's being touted to have been signed. I don't think I've seen anything completely official, but there he's has been, been signed. He's been signed to the practice squad and they're expecting him to activate him to the active roster later in the week. There you go. So I wanted to ask you, what's that workload going to be like with Peterson, I'm assuming, going to be brought up from the practice squad and Darrington Evans, who was drafted, I believe, in the third round a few years ago. He's on IR um, and he's out yeah. for the complete season. He was meant to be the backup to Henry. Um, uh, he spent two seasons basically on IR or on and off. So with McNichols, who I had to search up and figure out what was going on with him, what do you think that workload's going to be like? I think I quite like Jeremy McNichols as a you know as a dart throw. I think that he showed against the Jets and. You know, let's be honest. Any any receiving back has their their best game against the Jets because we can't cover any backs at backfield. <laughs> but I think he had six or seven catches for eighty four yards. So you know, he he showed what he can produce in that sort of situation. And I do think that if if they basically bring in Adrian Peterson and try to make this this offense exactly the same and say Adrian Peterson is now the replacement for Derek Henry, yeah, you know, maybe ten years ago that would have been ideal, but. Adrian Peterson is 36. There was a reason why he was available on, you know, no other team had touched him. Um, I think this is going to be a Adrian Peterson early down work, get the goal line work, and probably be nothing more than a kind of a ploddy RB2, RB3 type. I personally wouldn't be going and blowing a load of my fab on him. And I think that Jeremy McNichols is going to be that, you know, third down um, kind of pass game back that that probably plus a little bit more. I think he's probably going to be a bit better than a you know a James White or a Tariq Cohen type. I think they're going to give him more usage. Um I I personally would lead Jeremy Nichols over Peterson if I if I had Spain the pick straight up. Um but again I'm probably not going to blow in a load of my fab. The thing I am monitoring in this offense is that I'm really intrigued to see what they do at the wide receiver position because is Julio Jones fit? If he can finally stay healthy, we might actually see this offense shift towards more the pass. But I'm really intrigued what they're going to do with that third wide receiver because I think that what would be smart is to try and go kind of a more traditional offense, try and go more 11 personnel, get that third wide receiver on the field, spread them out so that it will enable you to still run the ball effectively. Um, whether you know, it's going to be Chester Rogers, whether, you know, they could maybe go and trade for a, a Tim Patrick or someone like that tonight. Um, who knows? But I, I think that for me, the biggest winner in this could be AJ Brown and Julio Jones. 
if Julio Jones stays healthy. So moving on, we've also got uh, another season-ending injury for Jamie Winston. He tore his ACL. Um, and then the Saints' saviour of Trevor Simeon came in and beat Brady. So that was a fun game to to catch the end of. But Jameis Winston out for the season. What do you think his dynasty outlook's going to be, Rich? Because this was a one-year deal for him. Yeah, I think he's played enough. I think he's played well enough to get another deal, um, whether that's in New Orleans or, or somewhere else. Um, who knows? Uh, from a dynasty perspective, you know, it's, it's the age-old. If you've got him, you've got to hold him because you're probably not getting much more than probably a second, a mid-second, a late second for him, and that's in Superflex Leagues. Um, I personally wouldn't be going and buying him because I do think that there is potential that that this lingers into, you know, next offseason. He's probably not going to be fully healthy by the start of training camp. So is another team going to want to pay him, come in and be our starting quarterback? But you can't be in training camp. So I'd, I'd say his chances now of being a starting quarterback next year are basically the Saints or nowhere. I think he could be, a, you know, a, one of those high-value backups. You see like a Marcus Mariota or something where they bring in, a high value backup to hopefully push the starter. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's brutal. I think it's great news for Taysom Hill. And I think, you know, I, I tweeted about it earlier in the week. I think Taysom Hill could potentially be a league winner. Um, you know, he averaged over 20 points a game in his four starts last week, uh, last season. Um, I, I can't see them doing anything else other than rolling with Taysom Hill. So, you know, fire him up. That's a, a high end QB2 week in, week out now, isn't it? Oh dear. Here we go again. Whether Taysom Hill should be a tight end or shouldn't be a tight end, all those talks again. I don't want to deal with it. So let's move on. Calvin Ridley, just before the game on Sunday, um, made an announcement that he was taking a break from football for his mental health. Personally, I absolutely love this move for him. And I think um, that professional athletes don't do this sort of they just don't don't do this sort of stuff enough. I know that a lot of them will struggle in the in silence, um, but to see an NFL player do it, this is the first for me. I don't know whether you've seen anyone do something along these lines, but I think it's great for him to have been able to own up in the Falcons to have basically allowed him to take this break and get right. Um, but we have no idea when he's coming back. Uh, I think that's the big thing. I've seen people say they want no part of Ridley now in fantasy um, because they're they're acting like he's retired. Now, we don't know whether this is the end for Ridley. Um, As I said, we have no idea how long he's going to be out. So it is a complete risk from a fantasy point of view. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, uh, Lane Johnson... Uh, took a break earlier in the year for his mental health, and I think I echo what you said. It's you know it's fantastic yeah. to hear and fantastic to see these guys who are you know willing to put everything on hold and, and step away to get themselves right. I think it's really refreshing. Um, from a value perspective, look, it's, it's really hard to do anything with him right now, isn't it? There's a couple of leagues where trades that are crazy. Yeah, there's a couple of leagues where I'm a contender and I own him, and I've I've tried to see what I can get for him, and I'm I'm being offered. You know, I. I I got offered um, a fourth round pick for him in one league. Um, I got offered uh, 
Tyler Boyd for him straight up in one league. So I think he's basically a hold. Um, I've dropped him down to my wide receiver 21. Um, so I'd say probably I'd pay like a mid first for him right now. Um, but to be honest, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable buying him because as you said, look, he, he could be back in a week. He could be back in a month. He could never return. Um, it's it's just a case of who knows really, isn't it? And when that's the case. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen... I've seen a full range. Um, the reason I wanted to speak to you on, on this one specifically based on value um, is I had a couple of people, so I'm in a three-copy league, um, 32 teams, where um, two of the three Ridley owners put in the chat that they wanted to get rid of him um, after this news broke out. So I messaged both of them, and both of them asked what I'd be willing to pay in picks. And I couldn't respond to either of them because I absolutely had no idea. So I wanted to see where you sat with that. Um, and then since then, I've seen two crazy trades that I would have never assumed would happen, say, a week ago. Um, so let's move on. We've got Gronk. Um, so that's Rob Gronkowski uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Has muscle spasms. He came out of the game last week or a week just gone. Um, he does have a bye week to get healthy, um, but Arians wasn't too happy. That's the head coach for the books. Um, said that Gronk and uh, tight head, or cornerback Sherman came back too early um, and didn't sound too happy about that. Sam Donald had a concussion, so he'll have to clear uh, concussion protocol, but... Most of the time, concussions hold a quarterback out for a week. So we might be seeing PJ Walker this week. Damian Williams with a knee injury. We have no idea what happened. Um, he left the game with two carries, um, took himself to the locker room and never returned. We have no idea what happened. Khalil Herbert still looked pretty good, but that one is a complete unknown. We have no idea what type of injury it is. Um, I've not seen any other news apart from that he took himself out of the game. Jalen Rager with an ankle sprain. Now, from what I've seen uh, reports-wise, it didn't look um, too bad, but he was later carted off to the locker room. So could he be ruled out a few weeks, um, considering he was later carted off to the locker room and declared out? Well see how that goes, but Quez Watkins could be sitting uptick over in Philly. Um, good news for my Packers, Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard are looking to come off the uh, COVID list this week. So that is going to be a massive boost to the wide receiver um, position for the Packers. And while we're on the Packers, Robert Tonyan, or Tonyan, so let's say Bobby Tonyan, um, the tight end for the Packers tore his ACL on a big play. So even though we're getting our top two wide receivers back, we are losing our tight end. So he's out for the season, looking like he was having a pretty decent season. But um, we'll see what that passing offense looks like because Randall Cobb really kept that game going for us against Cardinals. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've not seen any talk, and I appreciate they're not practicing yet, so it'll come out in the next couple of days. But are Adams and Lazard definitely back this week? Because hopefully, definitely. hopefully it's a one day, a one week thing. Because that would be brutal if he's out again another week, isn't it? 
yeah, they're not definitely back. Lazard was out by close contact, so you expect him back the week after. That's I believe it's five days now. Uh, he, I believe he's vaccinated. vaccinated it? Yeah, I believe Lazard is vaccinated, and so is Adams. But he needs to show some negative tests. Adams does. Um, but we are, ex- from what I can see, we are expecting both of them back. It just something to keep an eye on whether Adams does come back. But we expect Lazard coming back. Um, speaking of the Packers Cardinals game. Kyler Murray has a left ankle sprain. He's probably not going to miss time from uh, early indications, but it may make him think probably three or four times now about rushing because he's not had the same rushing upside this season as we would have expected last season. But maybe he thinks a couple more times before he actually takes off on a run. Yeah, we. I mean, we saw it last year, isn't it? It's becoming a bit of a trend. Obviously, last season was the shoulder... Um, that he he kind of had an, a niggly injury through the rest of the year and, and basically his fantasy production fell off quite significantly in the second half. And, I, you know, I, I hope that it's not the case that, you know, he can still produce the way he's been producing so far this year. But I'm kind of expecting a significant drop in the, the kind of the fantasy production from Kylo down the stretch, which is, is a real shame to see. So moving on, Keeping with the Cardinals, so DeAndre Hopkins had a hamstring um, injury. Now, this one really annoyed Kingsbury because he re-aggravated it on a long, uh, deep ball. But from what I can see, Hopkins just ran out onto the field and ignored all advice to stay off the field. Um, And Kingsbury was not happy. Um, I believe he mentioned something in the press conference. So this one... We know what hamstring injuries do to wide receivers. They can linger. Um, maybe he gets held out, for, but he also has a long week. He has 10 days to get ready for the next game, so maybe it's a little bit of a rest and see what you look like on a Sunday. Yeah, I think it's, you know, Hopkins isn't having the year that we all hoped. You know, he's he's below 20% target share, which I think is the first time in his career he's he's been below that mark. We've seen the ball get shared around in the offence, and it's a real shame because... You know, Hopkins is a, is and always has been a stud for fantasy, but let's hope that it's nothing too serious. It's just a niggle, and hopefully it doesn't. As you say, they can linger for a long time, so hopefully it doesn't, and he's he's back healthy this week. Sticking with the Cardinals, Chase Edmonds has a right shoulder injury. Um, could be nothing, and he did return and get back to the game, um, but it's a type of injury from all the reports I've read that could get worse after the game and could keep them out uh, after getting a little bit sore. But as I said, the Cardinals have a long week to rest, so um, hopefully he doesn't miss any time. Now, if you're not aware, the trade deadline uh, for the NFL passed 37 minutes ago as of when we hit live. Um, Nothing tight... Nothing fantasy relevant happened there were a couple of um I, I believe i had that jeff i believe believe somebody may have called it last week that there would be nothing fancy relevant before the deadline you're feeling yourself way too much rich <laughs> you're feeling hey, I've yourself got, i've got to enjoy much. the calls when i get them right <laughs> so yeah nothing fancy relevant happened no running backs uh, got traded like i wanted last week but deshaun jackson requested a trade the Rams allowed him to seek a trade, but they've not found anyone. So 
Um, I've seen reports that maybe he gets cut and then potentially picked up. I think, um, I think that if Tutu Atwell hadn't have just had season-ending shoulder surgery, that might have been yeah. the case. But the problem is, is I think that if they trade Sean Jackson, they've then not got that kind of natural replacement in Tutu. So I think that unfortunately, the Sean Jackson will be staying in LA um, and will be running as you know the wide receiver for deep threat and, and nothing more, quite frankly. Trust you to get in there just before I managed to get to the next sentence that was going to be about the Atwell injury. But I've got to manage. I've got to manage any any two two uh, kind of talk. I've got to make sure it's handled in the right way because uh, yeah, I, I still believe. But yeah, I've taken a bit of a pounding for that one over the last few months. I mean, I, I think it was always going to be tough for Atwell, especially now Van Jefferson is doing so well. Um, I think we could have added him to the risers this week as well. He had a great game. But um, I think it was always a tough ask for Atwell to have done anything year one, um, especially when they brought him to Sean Jackson to basically do what Atwell would have been asked to do. Um, and as you said, now Atwell's got a shoulder end, um, a shoulder injury that is season ending. Um, so the last bit of news, this one comes with a, a heavy heart unfortunately. So Henry Ruggs was involved. This is breaking as of hours ago. Henry Ruggs was involved in a DUI, which is driving under the influence um, incident where he crashed his car and there was a fatality at the scene. Henry Ruggs seems to be fine uh, from all reports, but he has already been charged with uh, DUI causing a fatality. Um I suppose, first of all, heart goes out to the family and the, the, of the fatality. Um, secondly, with the the fantasy relevant side of this, um, which is the which is what the podcast is mainly for. You have no idea what's going to happen with Rooks now. We've got to wait for more information to see what tests were carried out, um, whether he pleads guilty. Or, or whether it goes to trial but as of now we actually have basically no information we don't know whether it was behind the wheel or whether he's actually under the influence all we know at this point in time is he's been charged um but i think that could say everything we need to know about this yeah i mean we won't let's not get in too much into the the speculation about what could happen or what couldn't happen but i think if you know if this is proved to be true that he was Know, driving under the influence and caused, the, uh, you know, essentially murder. Um, I, I think it's disgusting. I think he, you know, that should hopefully be his NFL career over. Um, but yeah, let's let's. I guess there's no gracious way to move on from that and and kind no, of carry on. But, uh, but let's let's crack on and talk about bye weeks. Yeah. So bye weeks this week we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions. So main guys from any one of those will be. Brady, Godwin, Evans, um, Fournette, I suppose. Maybe AB if he comes back healthy after the bye. Fournette, I suppose. Fournette's been an RB1 for, so far this year. The guy's been a star. I, I still don't believe it's going to carry on <laughs> after this season. I, I really struggle with it. Um, you've also got Goff, DK Metcalf, um, Lockett, whoever the, RB, uh, the running backs are in Seattle. Um Hawkinson Swift and whoever the wide receivers are in 
in Detroit, the two big names for Seattle that I suppose you're watching post by coming back off injury or injured reserve will be Wilson, who had his pins out last week um, after we recorded, and uh, who I suppose Chris Carson, because the, the running back situation there is not ideal for them. Um, I haven't heard anything on Carson, whether he's looking to come back after the bye, but it's, Wilson it's looks like he's trending up. It's not a nice injury for Carson, is it? They've said it's degenerative arthritic condition of the neck, which, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but to me that sounds like not an injury you want to be playing American football with. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's that's one to avoid. Um, Russell Wilson looks like he should be good to come back after the bye. And another one is obviously Logan Thomas. Um, it's just been announced as we've been on the pod um, that he he will be healthy after the uh, after the bye week, so will be returning. Um, and then there's potentially, I guess, Curtis Samuel. Who knows? He's he's been he's been struggling with this injury the entire season. If if he'll ever actually suit up again this year, but time will tell. Um, Rich, I I specifically left Washington football team out, oh. so I could come on to that, bring you onto your boy, and let you just talk about Thomas for about fifteen minutes to close the show. But I thought I thought you'd missed it accidentally, no, so that's no. that's my bad, Liam. I will, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll bow to your your superior podcast skills. <laughs> right, just let's get on with the the dynasty star market, Rich. <laughs> come on, who, who's your riser this week? So look, the big risers. It's first of all, let's not speak on me too much because I've already had a you know a little bit of a, a enjoying time, should we say? Uh, Michael Carter is hard not to to see him as a massive riser. <laughs> um, the second riser, it's a guy that you you text me that you wanted to have a chat about, so I'm going to let you uh, run away with this one. But it's it's AJ Dillon. So why have you got AJ Dillon as a riser, Lynn? All right, first of all, I put this on the show sheet so you could gloat about this, Rich, but you haven't even <laughs> mentioned it. But but Michael by not, Carter, not gloating, that's the ultimate gloat. I suppose, yeah. It's a humble brag, shall we say. <laughs> um, Michael Carter was the top scorer across all positions this week. He wasn't just the top running back. He was literally the best fantasy asset this week. Better than Josh Allen, AJ Brown, who were the, uh, the quarterback and wide receiver one. So Rich is probably smirking in the background there, enjoying his glory. Um, but as Rich has mentioned, AJ Dillon is the guy that I wanted to speak about. We couldn't really find anywhere to put him on this list. So we put him in the risers um, because Rich got in there quickly with his deep dive. And I'm doing quotation marks if you're listening as a podcast <laughs> um, and spotlight of the week. He got there in really quick as soon as the creative. Oh, Lynn's gone. He's disappeared. Obviously, his uh, his internet has gone down. So I'll continue his little enjoyable rant about AJ Dillon. Um, his point was basically that AJ Dillon's probably still undervalued from a dynasty perspective. Um, this is a guy that is, you know, probably got RB2 flex potential at the moment, but has the potential if... Aaron Jones were to get injured, that he can be a, an RB1. And Liam, you're back. I was just filling in saying that, you know, this is a guy that's an RB2 with RB1 potential that, you know, we can probably still go out and buy for what do you think? A, a second, maybe a, an early second? I'd be surprised if you can get him for a second. And I am sorry, listeners. I have no idea what happened. Something happened with my internet and it just kicked me out of uh, 
out of the studio. So, yeah, as Rich mentioned, if Aaron Jones goes down, I think he's an RB1. Uh, he's proven that he can do that this uh, last year. And he is getting to the part of the season where it gets really cold in Green Bay. And we saw in the Titans game that people don't want to tackle a 240-pound back who will run over people. Um, I think Aaron Jones is going to be out of contract next season. So potentially um, you could be seeing an uptick there in AJ Dillon's value. And I think now is probably the perfect time to buy um, because Aaron Jones isn't out of contract. People aren't thinking about that out, that even though he does have a four-year deal, he's probably gone after two, which will be after the 2022 season. And I just think he's already got standalone value. He's been scoring decent points. So um, I don't think there's anything else there. I really like it. I think he's. I think he's a great buy. Um, I think I'm. I'm probably not paying anything more than the second for him. I think once you get into that first range, I'm oh, probably no. a little bit, a little bit bulky at that because you know once we're talking about a guy that's probably a year away from being a year away, um, yeah, I, I, I want something a bit more valuable. My first round pick. I think if you're contending, a second is probably a little bit too pricey, but yeah. as a as a um rebuilder AJ Dillon it isn't a bad back to go and uh, go and grab early on. Um, I think I'm probably willing for a second and a third, but that's probably my uh my Packers fandom jumping in there. Um I know a lot, that you... a lot in addition to the uh, to the risers, you know, perhaps we could have had done with this news ten minutes ago when I was saying that I I'd be shocked if he'd be released, but Deshaun Jackson has just been released whilst we're recording the pod. So uh yeah, I guess I guess it's a slight uptick for perhaps Van Jefferson, perhaps Robert Woods. We're going to see a slightly more concentrated um, target share. I, I don't even know who would be the wide receiver for now in in LA. We've got you know with Tutu Atwell and uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson gone. I, I don't know who would be next man up. So uh, we will just go with those three for the time being. Um, moving on to Fallers. Uh, so Nick Chubb, you know, continues to. After that incredible start where he was producing an obscene number of fantasy points over expectation, uh, he was the RB38 this week, producing 7.9 points. Like he, you know, he, he had almost a two-third opportunity share. He's getting the work. It just feels that that, that you know, Brown's offense isn't firing. I think a lot of that falls at Baker Mayfield's feet. But, um, yeah, when this offense isn't firing, it's difficult for Nick Chubb to be the the kind of stud that we hope, isn't it? I don't. Yeah, I don't know whether you saw the game or the highlight. Excuse me, the highlights. But Dearness Johnson. Sorry to take this on a different route, but Dearness Johnson. Did you see the cut that he had that absolutely faked out? Mike, uh, Michael Fitzpatrick. Them, and I can't remember who the other one was. Was it maybe Devin Bush? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but, it, was, oh, it was ridiculous. It, it was such a nice cut. Uh, specifically on Nick Chubb, yeah, I don't know what's happening with this whole offense. Um, they have a great scheme, great line um, for the, the type of scheme that they run, but n- nothing is firing. So maybe we see Baker get healthy because he did have that um, pet, was it pec injury? Um, so maybe that is contributing defenses are probably coming to the line a little bit more and stacking the box more so because they know that Baker is injured. Um, 
but yeah nick chubb having the rb 38 week is not ideal um, and then the last faller is michael williams we spoke about it here early on in the season he was like the wide, wide receiver one through four or five weeks he just had a wide receiver 79 um performance this week 3.9 fantasy points and only five targets now rich talking about um talking about touchdowns that looked amazing we've already spoken about pat fryer we've spoken about Deonis johnson's amazing cut did you get chance to see josh palmer's touchdown catch that i told you to go and watch before the show i did and i can counter that and say it wasn't in, as impressive as Keelan Cole's that got wiped off for the Jets. Now, that wasn't a touchdown catch because <laughs> he didn't actually get ruled as a touchdown catch. I will say I watched it and I was like, what even was that? It was a great catch. It's just a shame he didn't get the ball secured. Um, if you've got a chance to watch any of these catches, go and go and get or any of these plays, go and watch them because you'll be amazed what some of these NFL receivers or players can do in general. But yeah, the Josh Palmer touchdown, he just went up and got the ball over a defender while the safety is coming across to try and floor him. So I think we saw a little bit of what Josh Palmer can do. Do we? see josh palmer being anything more this year i don't think so nope. um nope. but mike williams when's his contract up do you have any idea free agent free agent at the end of the year is on his fifth year option this year i believe uh, that's what um, i was thinking so maybe we'll see more josh palmer next year and that was just a little flash yeah i think mike williams has done enough that he's going to get a big payday this year i think look we're, we're going to see weeks like this from mike williams this offense you know we still think that keenan allen i still believe that keenan allen is the target leader in this offense so i think that mike williams for me he's he's never been anything more than the wide receiver too um yes his his kind of production early in the year was incredible and i think that this was a down week for the Chargers offense as a whole but I think if if people are valuing Mike Williams as a you know a top five top ten wide receiver, then absolutely go and sell at those prices. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, player of the week, Liam. Who's uh, who's your player of the week this week? So I decided to put down Justin Fields. You took AJ Brown, who I wanted to speak about. <laughs> so we'll get to him in a minute. But Justin Fields, even though it wasn't a great and impressive passing game for him he went for 19 completions on 27 attempts 175 yards which isn't great uh, one touchdown and one interception he's showing what he can do as a fantasy asset um, he had 10 attempts rushing attempts that is for 103 yards and a touchdown the thing i wanted to bring up is he had two fumbles in this game he had three last week um He's shown the type of, I suppose, ceiling that everyone wanted him to have. Um, I think he's a better passer than the stats show. Um, I just don't think that offense is geared to actually pass the ball this season. I just don't like that offense whatsoever. And that's not just coming from a Packers fan. I'm looking at it from a pure football fan. I don't like what that offense is doing. I think the field brings in a lot of um, spice to it, but I don't think that this season is his season. Next season, maybe when there's a bit of a refresh, maybe Nagy's uh, sacked. And we'll see fields get 
to that peak that we're expecting from him. Yeah, I think look the the issue with Fields through the first seven weeks of the season has been, you know, we hoped that him as a dynasty asset, as a you know a fantasy asset, was going to have that elite rushing production, and through up to this point, he's just not shown it at all. And finally, it felt like they actually managed to get him on the move and get him out in space and saw what he could create. And I hope that now, you know, moving forward, we're going to get that kind of elite dual threat ability and and he can be that true kind of stud producer moving forward um so my player of the week you, you spoilt it and you, you've already hinted <laughs> at it it's uh, it's aj brown you've just got to look at the peripheral numbers he had 34.4 percent target share he had 102 a yards he was the wide receiver one on the week i don't know if you saw he ran like a 10 yard out route that went for a touchdown and it was what was so impressive i reckon that if you know, any other receiver in the league, and I really mean that, any other receiver in the league, they catch that ball and at most it's like, you know, 15, maybe 18 yards. He catches it, you know, breaks the tackle, toe taps down the sideline and takes it in for, I think it was a 47-yard touchdown. Like, that's just what he does. And I think that Derek Henry's gone. You're probably going to see defences kind of slanting towards him. You're going to see a bit more of that safety over the top. you got... You know, teams are probably not going to have to keep, you know, eight men in the box to try and worry about Derrick Henry now. But I think that this offense is now going to run through AJ Brown. And I think that, you know, for me, he's always been in that elite tier with, you know, Jamal Chase, Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb in terms of the young wide receivers. And I think that hopefully over these next, you know, seven, eight weeks down the stretch, I think AJ Brown's going to start to, uh, pay off that price and show that he, he needs to be considered in that kind of dynasty wide receiver one conversation. I will say Adams is probably one of the other wide receivers that could have done it, but I haven't seen the play, so I can't really comment on it. Um, <laughs> I think AJ Brown was a huge disappointment to start the season and he's finally um, paying back on the investment a lot of people made. I know that I traded for him in a few dynasty leagues um, and Luckily, I've kept him, um, batted away a few bad offers, um, trying to buy low. But yeah, I, I firmly have AJ Brown in my top five. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so my um, deep dive player of the week, and I've I've basically stole Liam's trend of not really diving deep to get a, a deep dive player of the week, and it's it's actually Devonta Smith. So yes, the the first round pick, Heisman Trophy winning. Devonta Smith. Um, dive. I am doing well, quotation marks like I've put on the show sheet. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, he was rubbish this week from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, let's not dress it up. He had three targets, but if you take into account how few pass attempts Philly actually had, he had an 18.8% target share. For me, I think that this is the ideal opportunity to go and buy low on Devonta Smith. I think I've seen enough from Devonta Smith this year, but I'm comfortable him being a wide receiver two, wide receiver three moving forward. I think that, you know, the concerns about him at the next level were all around size and ability to um, cope physically. Um, I don't think anybody had any questions about his route running ability, his ability to separate or his hands. He's showing that size doesn't matter and, and he can produce. And I really think that probably not over the next few weeks, he's got a few tough matchups coming up. But 
you know, into next year, if they actually get a competent quarterback in, whatever's going to happen, I really think that Devonta Smith is the kind of guy that you want to build your dynasty rosters around. I've got him as my wide receiver 23 at the moment. Um, I'd be happy paying a mid first, maybe a, a late first and a second. I think that that's in a super flex league. I think that you can probably go and buy him now at his lowest point because I really believe in six, seven weeks he's going to be creeping up those uh, those kind of value charts. I love this as a little buy low window. I mean, when you're talking about someone that probably went in the first round of your rookie drafts, it's not much of a buy low, but um, I suppose it is more of a buy high. But I really do like this like little lull in his value. Um, I I just can't wait for Devonta Smith to be put with an actual passing quarterback, or These... Jalen Hurts takes that step forward and he gets that. I'm not sure. I think from a fancy asset, I love Jaden Hurts, but from a passing quarterback, I don't think <laughs> too many, too many misses on simple throws to ever be a competent NFL quarterback. Um, this is the time that you should be buying those rookies because everybody talks about you know they're so hyped in the off season. We get into to the year, they show little flashes, but they're not really producing, and people are already starting to sour on those guys. And I think that you can look at the wide receivers in that kind of second, third tier the likes of Elijah Moore, the likes of Devon Smith, the likes of Rashad Bateman. I think these are great opportunities to go and buy. You can probably get them a little bit cheaper than they were in the off-season right now. And, you know, yeah. these are guys that have shown that they can produce at the NFL level. They've all, you know, shown flashes. If you can get them for the same price, if not a bit less than they cost in the off-season, it's, it's an absolute must for me. Um, so in the final segment, Liam, is the Dynasty Spotlight. Um, so I, I actually decided I was putting this guy in this section on Sunday night watching the game. Um, and it's Brandon Ayuk. Look, we, it feels like we've talked about him an awful lot this year. Um, but I do truly think that that this the tide is turning. He's finally starting to carve out the role that, that we all hoped. Uh, so on Sunday, he's throwing 25.9% target share. He still only produced 10 points and was the wide receiver 37. But I really think that, you know, this is going to be a more of a 1A, 1B situation with Debo Samuel. You know, over the first half of the season, we've seen Debo Samuel is a top five wide receiver and Brandon Hicks basically an afterthought. And I really believe that we're going to see a, a kind of a both settle into that wide receiver two range. Um, I'm, I'm very keen that this is probably your last window to go and buy low on Ayuk. Yeah, I love this. Um, he dropped a pass in the end zone. Um, I was watching Red Zone and saw it live um, that he probably should have caught. So if he does catch that, he will jump up the wide receiver rankings there. Good, good play by the DB, I'll say on that one. It was a good play by the DB, but... As, as, a, as a former chest. As, as a former corner, I'm going to give if you if you go back and watch it, Liam, the corner's right arm gets under his armpit and disrupts the ball. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I watched it and I like. I, I watched it and I will say it was a great play by the corner. For he still should have caught the ball. It's near like hitting his chest. Um, but of course, a cornerback would say that you'd start <laughs> celebrating if the pass was ten miles away from your receiver and. Absolutely. Because, you know, you scared the quarterback. So, um, yeah, I, I think that 
if Debo does catch that ball, we're having a completely different conversation about Ayuk. The one concern for me is for this year, I believe this is Debo's offense. Um, Kittle's out. There's no running backs, really. Um, so I think most of it runs through Debo. And the biggest concern dynasty-wise is, for, for me, I have no idea what this offense is going to look like when Lance comes in. I, I don't think what we saw out of him this season is going to be anything like what we see out of him when he's the full-blown starter. Um, maybe we see that later on in the season. Maybe if Jimmy G uh, keeps not doing very well and they want to still try and make the playoffs, even though they're in the hardest division in the league, in my opinion, at least. Um, I do think that Ayuk is a great buy right now. People are still low on him, even though he's putting up okay fantasy points. Um, As I said, if he catches that touchdown, he shoots up the wide receiver leaderboard this week. Yeah, I think look, if you can go and get him for... I think probably around two seconds is is the price, the going rate at the moment. I'll be honest, I'd be happy paying late first. I think I, I really believe in the talent. I really believe that for whatever reason, he fell into Cole Shanahan's doghouse and I think he's working his way out. And I, I really think that he could be, um, you know, a, a future stud to build around. Um, so that is it from the podcast, Liam. I, I don't believe we have a listener question this week. No, we don't. I did put one in about Ridley, but we uh, covered that earlier on. So I think just as the listeners are uh, listening to the, uh, the this section, I suppose, listener questions, I will be setting up scheduled tweets to go out from the Five Yard Dynasty um, account. So that is at Five Yard Dynasty on Twitter. Um, I will be setting them up after this part to go out every Monday at 12 p.m or 12 noon um, in the UK. So that I believe is about eight o'clock EST. Um, so make sure you take a look, or seven o'clock EST, I believe. But keep an eye out. If you've got any dynasty questions, drop them up against that, or just message me or Rich, um, and we'll drop them onto the show sheet and we'll pick one or maybe a couple. Absolutely. And uh, don't forget, guys, you can uh, still get 20% off at manscaped.com with the code five yard and um, make sure you're checking out the dfs pod on thursday um there is that free roll contest um it's a you know fan teams a fantastic site as i said earlier it's a really good opportunity to win some free money quite frankly um if you haven't check out my patreon that's my pin tweet on twitter uh, you can find me i'm at dynasty island you can find liam he is at dfsa tweets and uh, we will be back again next week. So I hope you have successful fantasy weeks and we'll see you again next week. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. 
undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.